Freddy's coming for you. And welcome to So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. It remains to be spoopy season, and a three and a four and a better lock your door, this week we slung the hook a little further back to A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. So strap on your knife glove and join us in this big spoopy bed. My name is Evan, and persistently, I'm joined by Sam and Carl. How are you doing, boys? You cannot get rid of us. Um... In all honesty, shattered. <laughs> this is this is a low energy episode, even by our standards, even by my standards. Waking nightmare for sure. Oh, exactly. If I drift off during this episode, please someone wake me up, or you'll see me bouncing off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Any update on how you're doing, Cole? Oh, I'm equally as fucked, mate. I'm not going to bring the energy up for Sam. It's been a long day. <laughs> If if I drift off, just let him kill me, please. <laughs> Don't wake me up. <laughs> and put you out of your misery. Well then, as always, shall we get started with a quick plot or not? We'd better. I can't wait for the week where you say no and we just end it. That would nah, be nice. Not. <laughs> I cannot wait until we just end it. <sighs> right, reading this for the first time, as always... In Wes Craven's classic slasher film, several Miss... <laughs> I thought you were going to do a... Okay, a, did you hear I heard the, Fresh the Fresh Prince, Prince of well? Bel-Air, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you started spinning around oh. in your chair and everything. It was amazing. So, in West Philadelphia, born and raised, <laughs> under a school is where I spent most of my days. <laughs> Oh, God, I wish we'd come up with this beforehand. Well, there goes our one joke. I can't wait to reference this a thousand times. In Wes Craven's classic slasher film, several Midwestern teenagers fall prey to Freddy Krueger, a disfigured midnight mangler who preys on the teenagers in their dreams, which, in turn, kills them in reality. After investigating the phenomenon, Nancy begins to suspect that a dark secret kept by her and her friend's parents may be the key to unravelling the mystery. But can Nancy and her boyfriend Glenn solve the puzzle before it's too late? I just got I just got really stuck on the way you said phenomenon, man. <laughs> it's quite poetic. I enjoyed Midnight Mangler. I mean I enjoyed that too. They they found more plot in this yeah. than I did, to be fair. Uh, well, they've touched on all the plot. Yeah. We've got nothing to talk about now. I reckon if you read that plot synopsis about four more times through, we'll have covered the movie. <laughs> they've also given Glenn so much more shelf life than he has in the movie. I mean, he's around. He's Johnny Depp. Oh, is that Johnny Depp? Yeah. I was going to ask who Glenn was, but didn't want to ruin that <laughs> little bit. <laughs> it said It specifically said at the start of this film, introducing Johnny Depp. As if he was a big deal already, which maybe no, no, he was. It was, his, it was his first acting role, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And they were really proud that this was his first one. Oh, he's going to be good. Time. <laughs> They're like, just you wait. I reckon he should have this guy got that in his contract from then on, just to confuse everyone. In every movie, <laughs> just introducing Johnny Depp. It's just my yeah. thing. Introducing again, Johnny Depp. Next episode, Ev, I'd like you to start with introducing. <laughs> 
Simon Carl. And welcome. Uh, as uh, I told you boys before we started recording, I watched this on DVD as I do like to pick movies that I already own rather than paying Amazon £3.49 for them every time. And this, obviously there's a DVD menu and the music that plays when that came on gave me chills and reminded me why I wanted to pick this movie. And then the movie began and I, I wish I hadn't, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> was the music, sorry, was the, the music of the menu, was it the one, two, Freddy's coming No, it wasn't that. Part? It was just like some it very wasn't. classic 80s slasher music Mm. very other time and i love i love that shit so it felt i think that little nursery rhyme on repeat would have been far better that is yeah yeah haunting scariest part of the film except for me interjecting every time they did it with a big fat hen at the end (laughs) can't can't hold that back Oh, everyone's got to watch the movie to understand now. Do you yeah. think anyone's ever watched the movie because we've talked about it? Absolutely not. Yeah, fair is. The no movie chance. opens with famous child murderer Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, <laughs> forging his on-brand child murdering gloves. We're then introduced to Tina, a person you shouldn't need to know about because she dies right now, but we hear her names two trillion times more in the next hour and a half. <laughs> She's being chased through the boiler room. We're going to see a lot in this movie. Oh, yeah. You're aware it's some kind of dream sequence. And she wakes up in her bed with a big slash on her T-shirt. And her mum fucking comes charging into the room. And her only advice of seeing her daughter scream with a big slash across her chest is either to have less scary dreams or cut her fingernails. Yeah. She says, cut your fingernails or stop ha- or stop that kind of dreaming. That's it. How yeah. are you going to tell someone <laughs> off for having dreaming. a type of dreaming? Like someone has a nightmare and you go, yeah, you need to fucking cut back. <laughs> <laughs> Mum of the Year award. And she swigs from a bottle of Jack Daniels. Tina brushes this off as just slashing her own nightgown open and goes to school, meets all her friends, and they all have a nice chat about a mystery man they all dreamed about, but that is the end of that conversation. No, it fucking is not. That's not the end of that conversation. She spends the entire day (laughs) telling everyone about her nightmare. You know those people who just tell you about their dreams. You're like, I really don't care about this. You don't understand. I know this is important for you, but I don't care. She spent the entire day doing that. But what's notable about it is everybody had the same dream, but nobody cares as much as her. Yeah. No one, I mean, that's the only interesting thing about it. And no one brings it up. No one mentions it. Even her boyfriend, who had the same dream, was like, I could mention that I had the same dream. Or I could sneak up on her and tell her that her name was written on my erect dick this morning. (laughs) And he went with that option. I thought he was the school bully or some yeah. random paedophile when he when he crept up on her at oh, the start. Yeah. It's very Greece ages in this. Everyone is clearly not oh, yeah. a teenager. Absolutely not. But him especially. <laughs> While we're on the subject of Rod, he gets properly introduced after they all go back to, to Tina's house to support her after she's had this really scary dream. And he jumps out of the bushes, threatens one of them with a knife. For, for just being there. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think he's any yeah. more introduced at that moment. He ticks every box he ticked outside the score. Yeah. Uh, the guy's just At this awful. point, I still thought he was a paedophile. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he has a knife. He threatens her friend's boyfriend. He then drags her into the house, saying, you can leave. And and I, I was sat there like, well, what what the hell's going on here? Why is this the guy that she... And then cut straight to them just fucking away and apparently this yeah. man is Rod's got a rod if we're honest and <laughs> and Tina's name is written on it <laughs> <laughs> she's so to, to, to provide a little more context for this so this is at Tina's house she is in so to the same friends that she's been talking at about her dream all day she is insisted that they spend the night at her house to comfort her because she was so scared by this dream. She has forced them into sleeping on her sofa while she goes in the next room and has the world's loudest sex with her boyfriend. And they still stay. Yeah. Well, Nancy insists on it because they're here to support Tina. And Glenn, quite rightly, doesn't understand why Tina was so afraid of the nightmare. Uh, But don't worry, Nancy gives us this golden bit of intuition here. It's because the dream was scary. (laughs) Quote. (laughs) She makes a good point. Yep, better stay. Can't argue with that. So everybody goes to sleep eventually, after the banging (laughs) finally stops, (laughs) I assume. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And... uh, Freddy attacks everyone simultaneously, but we get one of my favourite scenes here, and it's where Freddy pushes through the wallpaper above Nancy and knocks off the the cross above her. Iconic little scene there. I I know how you boys felt about this, so I don't know if you were as into that as I was. That must have been done with practical effects, right? In 1984. Yeah. That is impressive. That's really good. Yeah, Yeah. like... Don't get me wrong, I intend to spend a good while shitting on this movie, but that moment, I, I was... Like, at this point, I hadn't given up on it yet, and I did think that was chilling. And yeah, very impressive. I'd love to see how they did that. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be coming in defence of this movie a few times, but... Okay, I good. Think, I mean, you know, spoiler alert for the very next scene, but uh, Nancy... Wait, Nancy? Is that her name? No, it's not. Tina. Tina. Uh, Tina's death in the next scene it's fucking great yeah and i think i do like it i just find i like the more subtle stuff like that pushing through the wallpaper it's it's the threat that really gets you i think that he can get he can get to you anywhere and that's that's what that scene does for you it's like later on when he's slowly moving that bed sheet around someone's neck oh yes moments like that are where he's at his scariest Oh, you tease. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Tina, after getting railed, falls asleep, as you do, and she's in dreamland. She doesn't quite know what's going yeah. on, and her first thought is to... Well, she doesn't know she's asleep. She thinks this is the real world. And she walks out of her house in just her shirt, no trousers, no socks, no shoes, and wanders into the streets. As you do. Yeah, which is disgusting. That is equivalent to me as putting your bare socks on the pedals in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll forget about that for now. Then Freddy appears and he starts chasing us with sheets. And it's very campy, very cheesy. They've not quite refined that well, yeah. in person Freddy is a, like a scary villain. He's just, rah, rah, some of that Gotta stuff. Gotta throw in there. 
the um the very long arms the touchy tim arms yes yes yes, <laughs> of his yes yes introduction where he's got like yeah 10 foot arms on either side and he's kind of wobbling them around on the little stilts that they've clearly been <laughs> holding them up with and it's just hilarious i loved it where she's running and he calls he says tina watch this Actually, for some reason, <laughs> she stops and turns around. Yeah. yeah. The moment she doing. stopped, I was like, she deserves to die. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know she's going to die. If, if that man was chasing me through the garden, if he called <laughs> my name and I stopped and turned around, I deserve to die yeah. at that very moment. Stop yeah, so just... I can kill you. But then he doesn't take advantage of that. He just chops his own fingers off. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this. Yeah. It's like a kid coming yeah, up to you at a family his... party and being like, look at this. And then they do a little shit spin and act like it was the best thing in the world. Back <laughs> like, yeah. off. You got any games but... on your phone? No. <laughs> I mean, this is the first real view we get of him. I know you've yeah. seen it before, Ev, but neither of us had. What did you think, Sam? That first look. The Just first Fre- look Freddy as a villain, Freddy, yeah. I mean, I've already said is... Uh... Big old touchy Tim arms really knocked the wind out of his sails for me. <laughs> I Villains are a lot scarier when you don't see them. But this was 1984. I feel like that wasn't an established trope at this point. So I think I've got to give it some leeway and say that, you know, given the, given the uh, historical context of this, I think Freddy's a, a, decent, a decent spooky boy. I'm glad to hear and you Jeremy, say that. Is it Jeremy? It's something England. Robert England? Robert England, yeah. Robert England. I don't know where I got Jeremy from. Robert England did a great job playing it. In summary, like, I, I prefer uh, the more psychological type of horror myself. But given the time, I think having a good, iconic, distinctive villain is a kind of an achievement in itself. And he's very iconic. He's very distinctive. Yeah. And... Yeah. I'm getting too much into this. I'm like, I thought he was good because he's like juxtaposed to your other slashes of this era, like Jason Voorhees and um, Mike Myers, Michael Myers, not Mike Myers, uh, who just don't talk; they just wander around with a mask and slash things. Yeah. Anyway, that was a big old talk. <laughs> just us. Yeah. Tina gets nailed to the fucking ceiling. Sorry, nailed yes, on the ceiling. Rod and her are in well, bed. Some combination of the two. Yeah. He wakes up with her screaming. He doesn't quite know what's going on. She's flung to the ceiling. She starts getting slashed. There's nobody there. Uh, Rod pulls. For a really long time, oh, yeah, by yeah. the way. It's an insane amount of time. She's, I mean, you kind of expect it to be some quick cuts, flashing lights, blood splats. But no, it's a wide shot. <laughs> and we see her go up the wall, leaving blood stains on the wall, and then just kind of flail around for about two-thirds of the film is her... <laughs> Flailing around on that ceiling. And Rod is just pointing up at the thing happening, not doing anything. The whole time he's pointing, doing nothing. And then when she finally drops to the bed, he says, I'll get whoever did this. (laughs) How, Rod? (laughs) How would you go about finding out what did this, who did this, let alone get any retribution, you portrait of ineptitude? (laughs) That acting moment really suffered for... Yes. Him not being allowed to get in the way of any of the strings that were holding her up. <laughs> you stay sat in that corner whilst we slash her up for the next 10 minutes and just scream helplessly that you're going to do something next time. <laughs> At yeah. some point, I will do something. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and what we haven't mentioned now, but Nancy's dad is a cop. Nancy's our main character and has barely been mentioned yet. Yeah, Nancy, the main character, is just about entering the film. Obviously, the, the cops show up because everybody heard Nancy getting absolutely destroyed. And they all assume it's Rod. Which time? They arrest him, quite rightly. (laughs) 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 And um, Nancy's dad is like, you know, why are you staying over at your friend's house? Why are you hanging out with this Rod guy? He's a delinquent. And I love that Nancy defends him, even though the only real two instances we've been shown of him so far are him sexually assaulting his girlfriend and threatening to stab Nancy's boyfriend, but she's still on his side. The last time she saw him, he pulled a knife. (laughs) She heard the magic that man can do. He's a good guy. (laughs) And he's single now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but he's got to get whoever did it first, and then, then he can maybe think about another relationship. Yeah, he gets arrested by the police, obviously. He gets put in jail for murdering his girlfriend. Um, Mm. Nancy decides to go to school the next day for some reason. I would have taken the day off, personally. Any chance to get out of school. She she pops right in. That's because you're nearly 30 years old, Evan. (laughs) Eventually you'll graduate. (laughs) (laughs) And Nancy's all tired because she doesn't want to go to sleep, probably because of all the spoopy dreams they've been sharing. But uh, she she does yeah. fall asleep at her desk in school. And this is kind of like a point of the film I can't understand. Because fucked things keep happening to people whilst they think they're awake. But they're acting like it's completely normal. <laughs> in this circumstance, Nancy gets up from her seat where everybody's stationary looking forward can't move. Apart from the guy at the front of the classroom who's reciting some fucking archaic poem. That's all fine. She walks out of the room. Her dead friend is in a body bag in the hallway. She calls her name. As you do, the body's legs raise and is dragged off screen by an invisible force. She thinks nothing on it. Her mode of action here is to continue calling Tina and follow it through the hallways. Okay, I think we have to give some leeway to the film for the fact that she's asleep at this point. She thinks she's awake. Shit in dreams are weird. We all think we're awake when we're fucking dreaming, don't we? (laughs) I suppose Again, so. I'm giving props to the film for the scene in the classroom where they transition from reality to nightmare. And the only kind of indication that things have changed is that the poetic chanting gets a little bit more sinister and weird. And <laughs> it's just quite a good transition. Oh, I thought it was fantastic. And then, yeah, like you say. I did yeah, that's that. that switch from him Tell, reading out the poem in front of the class to it, switching to that sinister whisper and everyone in the class suddenly you just realise that no one's moving, they're all just staring dead ahead. Mm. Tina trying to claw away out of the bloody body bag. At this point I'm I mean, still on board. It gets a bit on the nose, yeah. Okay, I guess I can forgive her following the trail of the bloody corpse whilst pressing X to Tina for now then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, look. In terms of her everybody's reactions to Freddy throughout this, it feels like a bit of a, um, it feels like a bit of an easy get out to say, yeah, well, they're asleep and dreams are weird because they do act like fucking dopes the entire time doing a little child layer running away at, you know, 
a mile an hour. And I forgot about how awful turning around when he asks them to. All that shit. Wait, Tina, look at this. <laughs> Wait, look at this. You're just like doing that thing where you pretend to take your own thumb off. <laughs> He's already running short on tricks at this point. Oh, only got one finger left. So Nancy ends up in the boiler room, which is where Freddy wanted her. And he's chasing her around and doing his little tricks. Uh, she realises that she's caught and instinctively presses her arm on the, the pipe, which is obviously boiling. Which I thought at first would be a contrivance, but it, it appears that everything in that room is just fucking hot. And it's a boiler room, I suppose. <laughs> and she wakes up. <laughs> it's mad that I've only just put that well together. Done. You will graduate eventually, Evan. I will, won't I? (laughs) Hey, Carl, look at this! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, and she wakes up screaming in class, obviously, and is sent home, quite rightly. Uh, But she doesn't go home. She goes to visit Rod in jail. For a 15-year-old, she gets around, doesn't she? As a fifteen-year-old, just walking into yeah, walking into a jail. Like, I want to, I want to see Rod. It's like you're a child. Go <laughs> home. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you can't see the prisoner. Shouldn't you be in school? Also, no. Also, what the fuck? So eventually, she does go home because they don't let him see Rod. Her see Rod, and she gets straight in the bath. Uh, yeah. How does she know Freddie's theme tune? Well, it is mentioned earlier that um, young girls around the neighbourhood have sung this song while skipping, but no one seems to be aware that he's a real person. So I guess it's something maybe she must have done when she was a kid as well, that she's blocked from her mind that they were all just skipping and singing about this horrifying man that might steal you. I do like that, but this really would have only happened like 10 years prior. Everybody's forgotten about the child murdering. Apparently, orange. Don't you, oh, don't you worry. I, I will be raising issues. <laughs> okay, good. I'm done. I was concerned that you this. hadn't brought a lot up so far. It, all it's all. It's all in here. It's all in here. I just don't want to. Okay, sh- good. If I shit on the movie now, you've got chance to redeem it by going through the plot more, and we'll forget. It's a terrible movie. Okay, so whilst we're on Nancy in the bath, her mum knocks the Are door we? and warns her. <laughs> Not to fall asleep in the bath or she will drown. Nice thing to do. To which Nancy responds, Oh, for Pete's sake, why is she so annoyed? Not only did she she slept in days, but she doesn't want to sleep. She's been trying to keep herself awake. Uh, And you also follow that up by falling asleep again. Not only is there a dream man you know is hunting you, you could also drown in the bath, which your mum just warned you about. Yeah, literally just now. Oh, for Pete's it sake! It could not have been more recently <laughs> that you were warned of this. <laughs> and she does it anyway. When I want to stay awake, what I like to have is a nice hot bath. For people who want to stay awake, there's an awful lot of climbing into bed in this movie. <laughs> Everyone is in bed all the time. I mean, on that bath scene, when it comes to his him attacking the females of this movie, that there's a horrible rapiness to them the way his hand emerges from right between her thighs yeah and ah oh, i was cringing at that moment it just made me really uncomfortable 
took me back to like something like the hills have eyes or something. But uh, I still yeah, want to know how he pulled her down from that place. But you know, <laughs> horrible. It's yeah. It's it, there are very rapey vibes, but it never goes beyond vibes. I I wouldn't say. Well, I, I do have points on that later. In this version, oh joy. In Michael Bay's 2010 remake, Freddy Krueger is a straight-up pedophile. Whoa. Oh, we can go there now if you want. If you want to go there now, we go there now. In in the original... Oh, is this this dark trivia? In the original script for this, he was a straight-up pedophile. It was changed because um, of a number of crimes that had just emerged in California, I think. Which I think is why we see him act the way he does towards these two girls. In the way, like, there's something very rapey about Tina's death, and there's something disturbing about this scene with Nancy. And the fact that the script was changed is why I have issues with it, which I would prefer to get onto later unless you want to do it now. Okay, well, we can pause on it if you want. Yeah. I was. I, there's okay. a point in the movie where I think it's more relevant. Okay, cool. Glenn climbs right up into Nancy's room. Um... He does. Yeah, sorry, I blanked out there. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember why he did this. She, he. Okay, so just also one thing that uh, happens just before this. So just after this bath scene, uh, she kind of realizes that it's important for her to stay awake. So she opens up the bathroom cabinet and pulls out a little jar of stay awake pills that have the label that just says in block capitals "stay awake." <laughs> I was like, who the fuck owns this stuff? <laughs> Who buys pills with block capital stay awake on the front? What are they? Right next to the bottle that's go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right over the powder that's empty your bowels. Glenn (laughs) climbs into Nancy's room for reasons unknown to me right now. I've read my notes about four times. I can't remember why he climbs on up in there. I don't know why he wants to come over, but she wants him to watch over her while she sleeps. Yes. Um, Because for some reason, Nancy's not completely convinced that Freddy exists, even though everybody's been having the same dreams. Her friend is dead and she just got molested in the bath by that same guy. Yep. Did you, so at, so at this point, she's gone to sleep. Glenn is watching over her. But there's a very strange thing that happens right now. So she's walking through the streets in her dream as she's looking for Freddy. And she calls back to Glenn to ask if he's still watching. And instead of just hearing Glenn's voice, Glenn pops out from behind a tree in the dream and says, Yes, yeah, so? I loved that he sounded annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so? Like, she's calling out in her sleep and he's just sat in the chair next to her like, so oh. Of course I'm watching you sleep. <laughs> but yeah, uh, did, did you um really see where a lot of the upside down inspirations for Stranger Things came from in this? Where she's walking Do through what? a dream, walks to the yeah. police office. Police office? Police station. And <laughs> Rod's within the same dream world. That she can walk across this dreamy version of that town and the police station is the same but not the same. It's all smashed up a bit and she can walk in. I got a lot of upside down vibes for that. Yeah. There's a kind of implication that I don't think was developed on here that, yeah, there is a kind of a dream world. Yeah, like a shared dreamscape. I wanted to say, I mean, something I didn't, I forgot to mention earlier is that 
in that first scene of Tina running through the kind of, it looks like a sewer or a kind of, I, it's, I guess it's the boiler room, but there's, it's, it's weirdly structured. It gave me a lot of Stranger Things vibes and a lot of It vibes, as in the recent one. And obviously that's because they're derivative of this movie, along with others. But yeah, it's kind of interesting to see the original after the things that were inspired by it. I think, yeah. And clearly this inspired a lot of things. I think this is where I kept trying to make myself be nicer to my film, to the film in my like review of it, because the things that it inspired are so much better that to watch what inspired it, you kind of go, yeah, I can, nothing's built on enough to no, be that impressive, but the ideas there. were there, weren't they? And you've got to give it credit for that. This is where they all come from. Uh, I don't know if it's called this, but I've called it the dream realm. I'm not sure if that's <laughs> law accurate or if that's because Freddy Krueger was in Mortal Kombat 9 and it's... they said he was from the dream realm in that because it bloody loves realms, doesn't it? Ah, fair. I mean, I definitely felt some uh, banished to the shadow realm Oh yeah, stuff. <laughs> the Freddy realm. Film, so I think it's fair to call it a realm. So, yeah, Freddy, after peering through the, the, the basement door of the police station uh, and seeing Rod asleep, Freddy chases Nancy about a bit. But at this point, you start to realise that Freddy's powers really only sum up to popping out from behind things and cutting you up real good. Uh, I mean, well, when she thinks she's home, he does pop out from behind the mirror, which I do quite like. But then he immediately struggles to wrestle a teenage girl to the ground, which his track record should prove he's pretty good at. Uh, so it kind of balances out in the end. He's much better at wrestling them to the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, yeah, his um, physical strength does seem to be very dependent on whether the rather slight actor is actually in the scene or not. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a dummy. <laughs> but if he's actually involved... He is pretty much the same size as these actresses, so there's not that much he could do. You can't really expect him to be lifting her to the ceiling. I mean, there is a point slightly later on, and by slightly later on, I mean the very last scene of the film, where he pulls a woman through quite a small door window mm. with one hand. Um, woman is a reach. But then he pulls, he pulls woman, a dummy. Quite clearly a polystyrene mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of my favourite scenes, I love it. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, so Nancy wakes up here, her alarm goes off, and it wakes both her and Glenn up, and she gives him a real good talking to. Yep. Glenn loves to fall asleep. Yeah. Oh, He yeah. fucking sucks fucking. at staying awake. This is the oh worst movie God. for him to be in. I, do, I feel yeah. sorry for him, because if you try and dig into why these particular kids, usually it's almost like, in a horror movie, it's as if, what happens to them is a punishment for something. In some way, you can link it to that. If his thing is just he falls asleep on a night because he's tired, it seems a little unfair. Glenn seemed seemed hard done by. Yeah, in my compared opinion. to to Rod, who is he? Well, yeah. When you go, Tina. Well, I really struggled with what the message of this movie was supposed to be. I kept trying to find one. And I saw I was just wondering, like, with Tina dies and the way she dies, is it like a promiscuity message when it comes to young girls? When Rod dies in prison, hanging himself, is that a message about young boys ending up in a criminal lifestyle? But Glenn just, Glenn's got nice parents, a nice house, and 
just happens nice to boy. fall asleep. He's a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. That one's about auto-asphyxiation, the prison one. <laughs> is that what it is? Well, he could not handle that because he was out in a bloody second. <laughs> he, he died immediately. To, uh, so, I mean, this is this is the very next scene, isn't it? Where yeah. Yeah, we so go to the police station Nancy and find... Nancy shouts at Glenn. I did want to... I thought it was funny because it reminds me of those situations where your girlfriend has a dream and all of a sudden you're in trouble <laughs> for something dream you did. But I guess <laughs> technically Glenn did fall asleep. But from his perspective... Yeah. But, but dream Glenn was awake. Yes, yeah, so? So? Yeah. So? Dream Glenn's a dick. <laughs> yeah, so they... She's panicking because she's seen Rod in this dream that we've just been through, and they head over to the police station to find Rod auto-asphyxiated? Rod uh, also... Oh, I, th- I, think you've got, I think you've got to do it to yourself for it to be auto-asphyxiation. Oh. Asphyxiated. He, he's asphyxiated yeah. for sure. Nice. He so in his in his sleep, Freddie has yeah used the cover to slowly uh, tie the kind of the blanket around his neck and then string him up in the cell, which finally uh, answers what happened to Epstein. Thank God, <laughs> Freddie. Freddie got him. There's too much info on Epstein Island about Freddie. I've got to get him now. <laughs> Freddy's in that black ledger. Loves a young girl. As a punishment for promiscuity. <laughs> a lot of similarities. Oh. Um, immediately, Rod's funeral. Oh, just immediately cut from yeah. his immediate death by uh, blanket hanging to, bam, funeral. No Done. investigation needed. Let's put him straight in the ground. No more information. Yeah. And this is when Nancy describes... Freddie to her parents and I love this because we get a super close-up shot of Nancy's parents totally not knowing who she's talking about those things don't mean anything to them nope never heard of burnt face weird hat dirty sweater muck knife hands before end close-up <laughs> yeah I don't know if it was the acting or I... if it was meant to be like that and so campy but oh my god <laughs> their, their child specifically her I'm, talk- I'm talking about the mum her child has come up to saying she's having nightmares about a scary burnt man who has a glove with knives on it. And the mum is now thinking, well, I mean, I did I did burn that guy <laughs> and I do have his knife glove in the basement, but it's probably not that. I, I knew one person of that description, but I did burn him. I did burn him, so... I know mm. she's waking up covered in burns and knife slices, but... Yeah. Uh... But I burnt that guy, it can't be him. <laughs> no, darling, you're being sick. I mean, to be fair, she actually throws in the line, he's dead, honey, because mummy killed him. Yes, yeah. Well, first of all, we get Nancy's taken to a sleep doctor. Which is the best <laughs> yeah, that, that is a little bit ahead. In all of oh, this. Holy shit. I, I, lo- I love every aspect of this. From the beginning, the fact that she's so pissed off. I'm like, you do know that this is your ideal scenario. <laughs> this is the best thing that could possibly be happening. You've got people watching you at all times. Yeah. And monitoring you. It's like, it's exactly what you wanted. And yet you're pissed off. But when we get to learn a lot about dream science. Well... We get to learn a lot about how we know nothing about dream yeah. science, even though there were specific dream scientists. 
I have a PhD in this and I work in the sleep clinic. But we don't know yeah. anything about dreams or where they this, come from. This, this, uh, this research scientist working on dreams literally calls dreams incredible body hocus pocus. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of his thesis. <laughs> He's just a guy who thinks that he's an expert because he's had a lot of dreams. And although they know nothing about dreams, they do have equipment and software that is able to produce numbers based on the kind of dreams you're having. Yeah. Numbers. He's got no idea what those numbers mean. Usually a five or six is good. Oh, she's yeah. doing a three. That's the highest I've ever seen. We're off the charts. <laughs> the chart only goes up to six. <laughs> it just usually stays there. I got no idea what this number means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing I liked about this scene was that we instead get to see what the movie would have been like if we never saw inside the dreams. Instead, we just watched people watching another person sleep. And that's it. Yeah. Would have been nice to see how she got the hat or how she got cut up. <laughs> instead, we watched two people talk about what dreams are probably not. <laughs> Two people taking a rough guess at what dreams maybe are. <laughs> Neither of them really any better qualified than the other. <laughs> it's kind of like us talking about films. Oh yeah, that's fair. I've seen films. Thank you. <laughs> I've slept. This film was a four. Oh, I've never seen a six. I got a six! <laughs> so this is the scene where she pulls the hat out of the dream, right? Yes. In front of a bunch of people. And so now they obviously believe her, yeah? Oh, no, 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 no. She must have had that hat on her when she came in. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. She definitely had that. She definitely maybe had that hat with her. <laughs> but let's just, let's not worry about that too much. That has even his know what name hats signed are. in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's stitched his name in like he's in primary school. Written his name on his hat. As a criminal. In full. Probably best to not write your names in. Detachables. Yeah. Things that could easily yeah. come off at a crime scene. No wonder he got like, fucking caught. I don't think he's too worried about people catching him. I mean, he's made up a poem. <laughs> That's a good point. That one too. I'm coming for you. He must have been the worst criminal ever whilst he was alive. They all knew who it was. Him so quickly. It was a fucking... Sorry. There was a song about him that was going around the streets. <laughs> and he was probably leaving bits of apparel everywhere at every crime scene. If lost, please return yeah. to Freddy Krueger. I did I did write at this at this point when she pulled the hat out. I was like, well she's she's still dreaming. Everyone's still dreaming about him having a, a hat. So can she do this every time she dreams about him? Could they get together and set up a, a hat business. <laughs> Infinite hat glitch. Just Although, the brand Freddy when I went back and rewatched, he doesn't have his hat for the rest of the film, so it doesn't work, I'm uh, afraid. Sad as that may be. Yeah, so despite all of this overwhelming evidence, nobody really believes that Freddy Krueger is back. But yeah. after some serious talks, her mum finally reveals that she killed Freddy. So she, she burned him. He can't be alive. Absolutely not. No. That burnt man you're seeing? Someone else. This is this was where I was just going a bit mental about what this movie was trying to tell me. And I think my the issue with it is 
usually horrors are try they do give you that reason as to why someone was killed or there's something more natural with that that this thing is based on like carries about going through your first period or whatever and i just i didn't get why nancy's mum was the big drunk who couldn't get over all of this and she was the one that went out and killed the child killer why did she lead the mob that had to kill this guy when her kid is fine i think that's because they changed it from child molester to child killer yes because it would have made a lot more sense if nancy was one of his victims and that's why he's targeting her and tina and glenn and rod and maybe why they're all so fucked up yes it would it would make a lot more sense. It would make sense. a lot more sense why all the parents are fucked up because of what happened to their kids. It make more sense as to why the kids are fucked up and make more sense why these four kids in particular. Like unfinished business sort of thing. So in the Michael Bay version, uh, which from what you're saying sounds like it's based on the the original script, the kids do start coming home with the little four cuts on them and stuff. Uh, and that's when the, the, the parents rally and crisp this guy. Um, and that would be a good remake. If they it hadn't been made in that era of horror films that were all oh what is the it word CGI you use to describe them oh yeah it's very he's entirely CGI like the remake of the thing and all, all that yeah so that like 2006 to 2010 era like the Halloween remakes the Rob Zombie ones it's just all gore and like stuff to gross you out I can't remember the actual term but it had none of like the campiness or the fun that might have been in this <laughs> can you really have fun when he's a pedophile. Maybe not, but it was just a totally grim and dark movie, so people just do not like that. Yeah. I do think that, like, we are kind of dunking on this movie a little bit and will continue to, but I like this style of horror movie and maybe even the gory, dark style of horror movie infinitely more than the insidiouses and the sinisters and the... You're shaking your head like you disagree. I can't believe you've just said that. Very, I I really don't like those films. Just uh, dark scenes and jump scares, and okay, I get what you mean. I don't like it when it's just jump scares, but I like it when there's something spooky to think about. And I don't think you get that from gory films, other than oh, a person could actually do this to me. I like a spooky concept, but not if it's just yeah. I get okay. I just I take back my a head slasher shake. or a ghost or a. You know, a kid saying some creepy shit. I like Sinister I because at least it had that film element. And Ethan Hawke's in it. I fucking love Ethan Hawke. Oh, I have hate you been, Sinister. Have you been going to the Harry Styles school on film? Have you? Oh, I love them because it's, it's a, a movie. And you can watch it it's like, like it's a like film. It's like a movie. You can watch it like a film. It's like a movie. <laughs> you know, it's like okay. one of those to bring us. movies. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say to bring us back on track, I did want to quickly mention also that uh, although it may have some genuine roots in the background of the film and the whatever, um, her mum's alcoholism is my favourite subplot of this film. I agree. Do you feel like it comes out of nowhere? It's so unintentionally hilarious yes. how badly presented it is. Because <laughs> in this scene, uh, Nancy accuses her mum of always, you know, turning to the bottle of being an alcoholic, her mum's response is to slap her and grab a bottle of vodka. Yeah. And then offer her some. Go to sleep. Yeah. The vodka says, go to sleep, juice on it. 
<laughs> it's sold right next to the stay awake pills. It's uh, I could be wrong because I wasn't paying the utmost attention to this. But is this the first scene where you really even see about her alcohol? Is it? No, it's it's hinted at before this moment. But okay, I kind of missed that then. Yeah, I we... just felt like from here until the end, it ramps up. I think we have one other scene where she may be having a drink, but it's kind of, it's more just implied in the way her behavior is that she's probably yeah. a little bit drunk at all times. Okay. It's not clear. She just acts a bit. Yeah, that's it. Look, a lot of the behavior of the parents, I think, just didn't make as much sense with the changes that were made. No. A lot more sense that all the parents end up divorced when they're all suffering from a guilt from something prior. Yeah, so after this, we get um, what I guess is just 10 minutes of exposition about how other cultures uh, and not about other cultures and how they usually fight dream monsters. Uh, then we're taken back to Nancy's house where it's revealed her mum has gotten absolutely blasted and installed steel bars on all the windows. Don't worry, she assures Nancy that Freddy Krueger is still dead and invites her for a quick chat in the basement. <laughs> don't worry about the bars always a good sign nothing to do with freddy just yeah come down here it's to protect everyone else from you yeah. exactly yeah so nancy's mum takes her down to the basement and puts a drunk little hand in the top of the furnace and pulls out freddy's favorite child murdering glove why'd she keep it uh she she it was the one that burnt him alive in his whatever it was boiler room thing then subsequently went into that burnt-out shell of a building to retrieve his knife glove and keep it for however many years there have been from then to now. He's preempting eBay, I imagine. <laughs> she is well psycho. Actually, yeah, she was probably waiting for the Netflix show to be made about Freddy so that she could be like the, look, I've got Jeffrey Dahmer's pants, put them on eBay. She's got the rights to the song as well. <laughs> yeah. This is where she reveals that she did, in fact... Murder, Freddy, um, Krista. I'd love the, the thought of a drunk woman gambling up to a factory, leaking petrol everywhere all around it on her own. Oh, she, to she totally lit him up with alcohol. Throw, yeah. Throws one swig at him and takes one swig for herself. <laughs> one for you, one for she me. Accidentally, accidentally throws the bottle and then drinks from the Molotov. <laughs> <laughs> And that's kind of the end of that for the moment. The next scene we get is Nancy talking to Glenn a little bit. And they've got a little plan in the works. But Glenn's dad, he's got other ideas. He cannot yeah. stand Nancy. Think she's a right lunatic. But I think this he is... was just saying that. For context, by the way, he's standing in the street staring up into her window. Uh, I feel like he just said she was a lunatic because his wife walks out catches him staring into a 15-year-old girl's window and is like, oh, she's a right nutter. She is. Keep it <laughs> yeah. away from my son. Oh, no, no, no. Also, and... there is a pretty in-cement record in this town of people burning child diddlers. Maybe don't do this in public. Take your <laughs> staring into the house. And Sorry. <laughs> I've written a joke so bad I can't get it out. <laughs> written a, a, this, a not for the first time Johnny Johnny Depp doesn't listen when people tell him about his crazy girlfriend and he ends up with a bed covered in shit <laughs> <laughs> my god it was so ahead of its time introducing Johnny Depp 
Yeah, so Freddie phones Nancy now and he gives her a little tongue in through the phone. How did you do feel about that? Another iconic I mean, scene. It's another one that he a lot like the big gangly arms from earlier. It it if you couldn't tell it was just a fake tongue attached to a phone, it'd be kinda of creepy, but I'm sorry, Evan. I didn't hear what you said there. <laughs> I said it suffers for its time. Oh you no, just, absolutely. You yeah, could, if you couldn't agree. tell that it was a fake tongue just attached to a phone she was holding, yeah. it would be creepy. Not the strangest thing about this scene, though, because she picks up the phone, fair news, you would first time, and realises that it's Freddy from the scraping he's doing, quite rightly yeah. hangs that phone up, pulls it out from the wall even. Good job. Now go to, not to bed, actually, go downstairs, yeah. have a drink. Figures out. The phone. Figures out that she's asleep, presumably. <laughs> oh, is she asleep? Because you would. Yeah, oh yeah, actually you would, if he can contact you in the real world all of a sudden. But then the phone rings again, whilst unplugged, and she answers it, hello? Do you mean (laughs) hello, question mark? It's Freddy? Of course it is. (laughs) Maybe it won't be him this time. (laughs) I've never felt like a a movie was treating me, like, stupider than, number one, us seeing her rip it out of the wall, and then she... When, before she answers it, picks up the wire and stares at it like, it's not attached, you know? Yeah. Look at how is Hello? this happening? <laughs> Hello? Nancy! I better answer it, though. Oh, I uh, do love that. Yeah, now Glenn gets turned into a blood fountain. Well, yeah, she. so she was hoping, just in between this, so while she was asleep getting uh, phone-tongued by Freddy, Glenn was meant to be... Her plan was for... Glenn to stay up until midnight and then sneak over. So he says yes to this. Then he puts on headphones, watches TV, falls asleep by like 11. (laughs) Luckily, his mum comes... So he's fallen asleep again when he wasn't meant to. Luckily, his mum wakes him up at quarter to 12, quarter to midnight. He looks at the time, he's like, phew, I've woken back up in time. (laughs) Cut back to him. He's fallen asleep again. <laughs> Glenn's gonna sleep, bro. In the 15 minutes that he had, he it's, was like, I'll sneak a quick nap in. It's why he deserves 12. to die. That <laughs> to is his fair, crime. That's relatable. Because that's when you wake up in the morning after your alarm and you're like, oh, I'll just rest my eyes for a few seconds more. I'll be fine. Yeah. And then it's 45 it's half minutes 10. later. Yeah. And you're yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> but he died yeah quite rightly he died spectacularly yeah a great he was i mean you call it a blood this. fountain yeah it was a blood fire hose yeah painting his ceiling with it and his mum walks in and she sees all of this she can see glenn is completely gone he is now blood on the ceiling walls on her face and everything but i couldn't help but be excited with how they would still blame rod for this <laughs> <laughs> it's still somehow his fault Drink him up, put him back in the jail. <laughs> um, Nancy's now a woman of action. She completely home alones her house. Uh, I didn't quite understand what was going on here. I thought she was. I thought it was like the Upside Down, where if you did it in the real world, it would carry over to there. So I was just like, why not just take a gun to bed and you can shoot him? But you know, it, it turns out that the plan is to drag him into the real world which I guess she learnt from when she took his hat. I'm now just catching up on the movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and she goes to sleep in preparation to 
fight Freddy. But I love that her she, school of... Oh, go on. I was going to say, she also shouts at... It's her dad, isn't it, that's the police officer? Yes. She shouts at her dad, who is across the road investigating the blood fountain. Uh, and she says, Dad, I'm going to catch the killer. Come over and break this door down in 20 minutes. And he says, okay, and heads into the house. <laughs> Doesn't question that. Doesn't say anything else to his daughter, who's clearly gone fucking insane everyone thinks she's he's just like yeah, he yeah just sure goes to sleep. i'll do that yeah i'll do that go uh, to sleep if, if a girl locked behind a barred house or locked inside a barred house shouted out to you sam i'm gonna catch the killer coming in 20 minutes what would be your response because i think mine would be oh, okay okay i'm gonna uh if i was her if i was her dad i might call some kind of medical professional to get her to a away from her alcoholic mum. But that's just me, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she I mean <laughs> Yeah. Preps the house in full. She's making little homemade explosives and she's got head sledgehammers hanging about and nails in the floor and stuff. But she still decides to go to sleep in her pajamas, silk pajamas, you know, the best for defending against the knife. Uh, and she goes and has she a little. She's supposed tussle? to put on a suit of armor. Well, anything, I reckon, anything other than silk pajamas, a leather jacket. <laughs> Even Freddy, wearing just the jumper, has a higher armor class than her. <laughs> I saw D and D there, uh, boys. We playing D and D, don't we? Uh, fucking, she tussles with Freddy in the dream realm, and they run about the boiler room for a bit because they can only pay for so many locations. And she drags him into the real world. Oh, she does, actually, yeah. yeah. I'd forgotten about this part of the movie the until <laughs> when you just said that then. Yes, yeah, she does. She pulls him into the real world, yeah. uh, you, runs around the house, uh, setting off her 101 Dalmatians-inspired traps yeah. that she's set up everywhere, blowing up bulbs and dazzling him and stuff. And then she shouts out of the door once again. She smashes the window of her own house and shouts out to the police officer, that is standing there looking at her house, saying, he's in here, the murderer's in here, please come and help me, please come in. Then she runs away. Then she goes around and smashes another window, says, he's, he's in here, I, he's still in here, please come in here, get my dad, come and help. Then she runs away. Then she runs back, she smashes a third window and says, holy fuck, he's still in here, stop. The guy's still standing there, by the way. Yep. Still standing there. Hasn't done anything yet. He's just watching all of this pan out. <laughs> like, I wonder if I should get a dad. <laughs> Who is this lunatic bitch smashing all her windows? <laughs> I'm glad she's barred in. in. this fully go, barred up house. Go get my dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you guys okay. notice that when she... Um, sets Freddy on fire when he follows her into the basement that he suddenly gains about 50 pounds as he's running around (laughs) set on fire (laughs) which I assume is a mix of a stuntman and a fireproof suit but yeah yeah, gotta be I still check that mask on though which I felt was so brave imagine (laughs) that melting to your I know he had something on under the mask but still (laughs) it was a good practical effect yeah yeah yeah. Um, did you also catch Freddy calling her a bitch when they're like tussling in the garden outside? Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, Sometimes people go too Terry. far, don't they? Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
Um, At that point, you make it personal, I think. (laughs) Well, she can run, but she can't hide. (laughs) Bitch. Eventually, Nancy's dad breaks into the house with all his cop mates, but Freddy has snuck past them all and has gone up to Nancy's mum's room. And... Sneak, sneaks the past them there. while they're in the house because yeah. they walk past the staircase. No, no flurry footprints. The, yeah, walk to the basement and then turn around, and the entire hall is Don't ablaze fire. with these <laughs> massive fiery footsteps. <laughs> well trained police over there. Oh, I like to think that they all got to the basement door as he was coming through, and then they held it open for him. Oh, sorry, and then they all piled in. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, they all follow upstairs and Freddy has fucking mounted Nancy's mum whilst ablaze. And instead of kicking him off or shooting him or stabbing him or beating him, Nancy's dad throws what appears to be a fire blanket over Freddy whilst yeah. he's on top of the mum. And then when he removes it, Freddy's gone, but the mum is a burnt corpse and does the opposite of an airlift into the bed. Descends. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> And uh, Nancy's yeah. dad pretty much says nothing, uh, just leaves the room. Nancy stays in the room. Leaves her in the room. He's just witnessed the floating, the, the you know, Freddy Krueger aflame back from the dead, mounting his ex-wife, who then turned into a corpse and descended into the shadow realm. Yep. And he leaves his daughter in that room immediately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, I'm off. <laughs> I think you've got it covered here. I've got to go to bed. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Freddy turns up. Obviously, this is all probably still a dream, or now he has full access to the real world and the dream world. But Nancy's gotten it figured out. She knows now that the way to kill Freddy is to tell him he's shit. And <laughs> she must be dreaming. And those two things together mean she has all the power. She denies yeah. him any more power over her. And he disappears into blue light. Lovely. The movie oh. is over. This is the same thing I hated Happy about ending. It Part 2. Where the big ending was just a people telling the monster it was a little bitch and then it shrinks well, into nothing. that was It Part 1 as well. That's It Part it? 1, yeah. I think, um, yeah. Is that part two, number two maybe it's well. both of them. I've not it seen Part 2, way. but that's how part, It Part 1 Part 2 one, is worse. Part 2 where he just shrinks into a tiny shriveling clown and then turns to stone but that's why this movie is better because it was all a lie of course that yeah. doesn't work on freddy because then they're outside yeah and they all get into a car the roof of the car comes across and it's a freddy car crazy stuff it's a freddy car he drives off with them in and then he pulls the mum through that tiny door window freddy wins okay d- one quick thing before this uh to round out so it's rounding out all the storylines it was all a dream. Everyone's back alive. Everything's all good now. The mum sends her off on her way into the... Into, sends Nancy off into the car. And they're talking about the night that they've had. What a crazy night. Her mum says, I don't want to drink anymore. She drank her way through alcoholism <laughs> and came out the other side. She... <laughs> the cure for alcoholism is drinking enough that... You've had enough. Oh God, I'm full. You're like, I'm done now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. We've got to be getting close. <laughs> I just thought that was such a hilarious end to this subplot that went nowhere. Insane. Not that it was the end, because as we say, 
yeah, little switcheroo. More. He pulls that was the, the dream. The puppet through the doorway. <laughs> the tiny, whatever. I'm sure it's got a name. The tiny little window in the top centre of a door. I'm sure it does. I mean, yeah, you're asking the wrong people, but I'm sure it does. Okay, end of movie. I reckon. End of movie. Excellent. You can you can tell that this was not the original ending. Uh, apparent apparently that this was supposed to have a ha- that ha- that was I think the happy ending was supposed to be the original ending, but you always need room for a sequel, so they had to bring Freddy back at the end, and then it's quite a confusing ending. Yeah, I, I it made me angry. Like when, now we've gone back through this. I think I actually quite enjoyed most of the movie, and then the ending is what ruined it for me. See, in my mind, it's it's that the ending where she defeated Freddy was a trick, and he was just playing that game on her, and then returned and killed everyone that she wanted. It was all a dream. She was always in control. But I've seen all of them, and I don't think they retroactively made that good. I just think I've seen so many of them that they could do anything, and I'd be like, yeah, sure. Nightmare on Elm Street, baby. <laughs> I just don't think it ever becomes clear in this film, based on the ending, which parts were real and which parts were dreams. Because it tries to flip things on their head and either everything's a dream or nothing was a dream or just the ending was a dream or... The shit that happens in the sequel just makes no sense to me in relation to this movie. (laughs) How does a little girl finding out that Santa Claus is real have anything to do with this? Santa Claus isn't real. A Miracle on 34th Street, isn't that the sequel to this movie? <laughs> There's a headcanon in that. You say that. <laughs> Finally, the second episode of headcanon after it's been in our pod bio for this long. Sam, my man, do you have any bad reviews for us? I'm sure there were plenty. You'd think. I'm breaking the mould here. I've only got two. <gasps> uh, Did you write any of reviews them? for this. I didn't, I didn't write any of them. I'm sorry. And I omitted all of the thirsty reviews talking about Johnny Depp in a crop top. Of course. Of course. I'll go for... Okay, so we got 0.5 stars from Natasha, who says, Our horror professor made us read an article right after watching this movie about how Nancy is manif- manifesting an incestuous relationship with her dad by seeing Freddy Krueger, and I never hated a movie more. Okay. Putting aside all of the uh, incestuous stuff, what the fuck is a horror professor? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is a dream doctor? <laughs> Are they one and the same? Is this someone, the dream doctors moonlight as horror professors? Or, well, no, it would be the other way around. Daylight as horror professors. Oh, just some body yeah. hocus pocus. I didn't like that. Although the dad isn't in it enough to get that sort of yeah. vibe from him. I don't think that was actually in the movie. I think that's been projected. I think yeah. that says a lot more about the professor. And the person who wrote yeah. that. I, I reckon the professor watches every horror movie and goes, I reckon these people want to fuck their dads. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, a lot of projecting happened there. Happened there. <laughs> the next one, four stars from Griffin. Don't fall asleep, Nancy. Or you'll... (laughs) Shit, let me start that again. Don't fall asleep, Nancy, or you'll poo the bed from all that coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And she was drinking a tremendous amount of coffee through this film. She's drinking a shitload of coffee uh, to try and stay awake. And it leads to her staying awake as much as she can 
uh, leads to a really funny scene that I forgot to mention earlier, where she looks in the mirror and says, oh my God, I look 20. Oh, I know. Uh, does anyone want to take a stab at how old the actress was when this movie was recorded? Ooh, 25. 20. Bang on. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to have an actor say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. There's the reviews. Maybe a bit lackluster this week, but yeah, a lot of people sincerely love it and a lot of people sincerely hate it for quite unfunny reasons. <gasps> thank you all for listening. And thank you boys for joining me. Unless this is something else you wanted to say. I mean, I, so there's you think one that was more good, thing that I wanted to throw in there. <laughs> and that is Evan. Evan's I was hoping to skip this. Evan. You think that was good, do you? <laughs> Shit. I almost got away with it too. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm under no illusion that this wasn't a good movie. That this was a good movie? One of those. This wasn't a good movie. But does that mean I didn't enjoy it? No, it doesn't mean that. Oh, God, stop the double negative. <laughs> Does it not mean that I didn't not enjoy this? No. No one can be mad at me if they don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I enjoyed this. No, it's not good. I love Freddy Krueger. He gets so much better in the later ones. I love his weird, campy, fucking off-the-collar character. All the other actors in this. I know introducing Johnny Depp, but nah. Nah, I didn't get it not exciting at all yes i enjoyed this i'm sorry boys i'm sorry i made you watch it but i had a great time i will watch this again soon and watch it without the eye of the pod and i will have a great time and then i'll probably watch all the other ones again except for michael bay's 2010 one because that one makes me sad what about you boys what i find funny about that is so you you say that it's, you think it's, you admit it's a bad film, yes. but you enjoy it. Yes. I think I'm in the complete opposite camp where I, I think it actually is quite a good film, but I did not enjoy it. Uh, I think looking at it through the lens of it came out in 1984. Sure. And, you know, I wasn't born in 1984. I don't really, I don't know what the cinema landscape was like then, but I can infer it based on looking at what was around. I think it's interesting that we've mentioned we've mentioned it a few times. Uh, to put it into context, the book It was written by Stephen King a year after this film came out. Wow. It was it was published a year after, but based on the way that Stephen King writes books, yeah. he probably started writing it 20 minutes before it was published. <laughs> it was written after this film came out. And the premise that ends it, as we've referenced, is the one that was used in this as kind of a fake-out joke. Well, not joke, but mm. yeah, fake ending. So I think it, this probably pioneered a shitload of things. For sure, yeah. And I didn't enjoy watching it because it's pretty repetitive. And I, just, in the, you know, with all of the derivative films that have, in my opinion, made improvements on it, it doesn't hold up very well. But i got to give it you know, props for what it did. Just to interject quickly before you, Carl, I would say the reason I think this is a bad movie is because of the reasons you didn't enjoy it. But I still like it because as what we're doing on this pod, taking a look back at nostalgic things from our childhood and what I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, as soon as I heard that music, it just took me back in time to a simpler place. It reminded me of something that once was. <sighs> Carl, you go. This movie made me want to fuck Nancy's dad. 
I, I, I agree with Sam. Like, I know this is inspirational for a lot of what came after, a lot of stuff that I love that came after, but I think it suffered for when it came out. It, what, the, the practical effects weren't ready for it. Like, apparently Freddy Krueger has seven minutes of screen time in this movie all, mm-hmm. all together, and I still think that's too much. He is at his scariest when he's not there. Tina's death, coming through the wall. Soon as he appears with his big janky arms, just, he stops being scary. Mm-hmm. A very, hey Nancy, watch this as he cuts his fingers off. <laughs> it, it's not the first moment you want from your horror antagonist. Everything horrific he does is when he isn't actually there. Yeah, I agree. So I can see why this film was important, but I'm not going to watch it again. And if, <laughs> if, 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 if you recommend any of the sequels, I'll be taking another week off. Okay. I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, but thank you, boys, for watching it. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and follow us over at So You Think Pod on Twitter. Join us again next week. Sam, what have you got in store for us? For part four of Spoopy Season. Well, I thought for the next week we might take a a left turn off Spooky Lane onto Creepy Avenue with James and the Giant Peach. What? What? <laughs> I'm in. Explain it's an incredibly logic. creepy movie. I'm on board. Okay, I'm going to judge by your reactions that you. No, no, I'm fully, no, I want to fully on board for this. Because you can pull me over right now. And you've only got two votes to one, so it doesn't matter. Tell me why. Because it's really... The whole film is unnerving. It puts you on it. It's like we're talking in this about how attempts at horror don't hold up. I don't even know if James and Giant Peach was meant to be scary. But looking back now, it's fucking horrifying because of just how creepy it's been put together. Okay, I think it's actually scary. Okay, let's do it. James and the Giant Peach, Spoopy Season, Part 4. Very nice. Hell yeah. Until then, goodbye, bitch. (laughs) All right, let's get started with Men in Black. I'm sick of doing this joke. The movie begins. (laughs) 